Hello, and welcome to the Community IT Innovators Technology Topics Podcast, where we discuss nonprofit technology, cybersecurity, tech project implementation, strategic planning, and nonprofit IT careers. Find us at communityit.com. Thank you for joining Community IT for this podcast, Part 1. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits. Listen for Part 2 in your podcast feed. Welcome, everyone, to the Community IT Innovators webinar, Nonprofit IT Expert Roundtable. This is always one of our most popular webinars every year. We have a panel of our senior staff here today to talk about essential trends in nonprofit tech and what that means for nonprofits. They're going to talk about office IT management, cybersecurity, and cloud computing. My name is Carolyn Woodard. I'm the Outreach Director for Community IT, and I'm the moderator today. I'm very happy to hear from our experts. Johan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Carolyn. Very happy to be here this afternoon and my thanks to everyone who's joining us. My name is Johan Hammerstrom. I'm the CEO at Community IT. I've been here for over 20 years and have enjoyed working with nonprofit organizations and helping them use technology. And one of the exciting things about technology is that it's always changing. And I'm really looking forward to today's discussion to talk about some of the trends that we're anticipating in the coming year. Um, great. It's nice to join with everyone here today. My name is Matthew Eshelman, and I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Community IT. Uh, I'm actually coming up on my 21st uh, anniversary uh, as being an employee owner here at Community IT and uh, enjoying uh, the range of organizations that I get to interact with uh, and you know the insight that I gain from getting to work with so many different organizations. And some of that, I think, will get reflected back uh, as we talk a little bit about the cybersecurity trends uh, that we saw last year and, and what we anticipate coming into 2023. And I'm Steve Longenecker. I'm the director of IT consulting at Community IT. I'm the, the rookie of the crowd. I've been here for only 18 years. Um, I, lo- I love this this annual webinar. I enjoy arguing with Johan and Matt anyway, so we might as well do it for uh, our audience's benefit. It's it's a pleasure to be with you today. Before we begin, if you're not familiar with Community IT, a little bit about us. We are a 100% employee-owned managed services provider, and we provide outsourced IT support. We work exclusively with nonprofit organizations, and our mission is to help nonprofits accomplish their missions through the effective use of technology. We are big fans of what well-managed IT can do for your nonprofit. We serve nonprofits across the United States. We've been doing this for over 20 years, and we are technology experts. We are consistently given the MSP 501 recognition for being a top MSP. All right, so we have some learning objectives for today. Um, We are going to hope by the end of uh, the webinar today, you will have some understanding around essential IT trends for nonprofit management in terms of office trends, cybersecurity, and technology. So we're going to look at these trends through these three lenses um, with the different experts in those areas uh, leading those conversations for 10 to 15 minutes um, uh, slots. 
This today is part one of our Tech Trends panel discussion, focusing on essential trends that every office and every nonprofit needs to be doing now and planning for doing for the next three to five years as part of well-managed IT. In February, we are going to have part two with a panel of experts addressing more forward-looking trends and opportunities that tech-savvy nonprofits will want to be pursuing and investing in. I want to remind everyone that community IT is vendor agnostic, and this presentation is to discuss how nonprofits are using technology tools, but we only make specific recommendations for our clients based on their specific business needs. So we're going to start out, as we often do, with a poll. So what size is your nonprofit? We know that um, different sizes have different IT needs and maybe are looking at these trends that we're going to be talking about today in, in kind of a different lens. So the, the options are from 1 to 10 size nonprofit, uh, from 11 to 25, from 26 to 100, 101 plus, or it just doesn't apply. That's you're not part of a nonprofit that is that size. So I'll give people another moment or two to answer. All right. And I'm going to go ahead and share the results. Johan, would you like to share with the audience the results? Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for, um, for inputting your response into the poll. Uh, we have uh, 4% of our attendees, that's one attendee who's um, in the 1 to 10 range. Uh, about 20% uh, in the 11 to 25 range. Most of the attendees, about two thirds are in the 26 to 100 range, but we do have um, another 20% of the attendees in the over 100 range. So it's a pretty nice mix of organizational sizes uh, represented on the, on the webinar today. Thank you. And I think that... Um you know, there's different, you know, like you have different sizes, different levels of maturity. Maybe you're a startup and you're growing quickly. Maybe you grew really quickly. So you grew to a large size, um, but you still kind of have a startup mentality. Maybe you're at an older organization that's been kind of mid-sized and doing what you do for, you know, decades, perhaps. Um, so there's different technology needs at those different um, levels. But um, for sure, thank you so much for sharing that with us. All right. So our next poll, we're going to jump right into a second one. Um, and I'm going to, uh, Johan is going to read through the options that we have here for how complex your IT needs are at your organization. Yeah, thank you. So how how integral is IT to your mission and your business needs? How, how important or central is IT specifically to the work that your organization does? Do you use IT for basic office needs to communicate and maybe send out reports? Um, but are all of your business tools online that you can manage yourselves? Um, so that's category number one. Category number two is in addition to that, you also have some business critical platforms um, that you need IT experts to support for you, like a CRM, a database, more advanced financial tools, things that are beyond sort of what you can support yourselves without dedicated IT um, staff or support. Um, three, are you using IT directly to deliver services? Um, so they're not just supporting the work that you're doing, but they're central um, to, your, to your programmatic work. So that could be, for example, a charter school that um, is using um, ed, IT education, ed tech to, to deliver um, education to its students, 
a healthcare provider that maybe is using iPads out in the field for the work that they're doing. Um, so is that, that's category number three. Number four, finally, um, you were founded by disruptors and you use IT in innovative ways. Uh, maybe you've got your own development team in-house. You're, you're building your own applications. Um, we've definitely seen a lot more of that in the last five to 10 years, nonprofits that are, are basically creating IT um, as part of, of accomplishing their mission. So that's category number four. And if none of these apply to you, you can respond to category number five. Um, so we had a fairly similar bell curve, I think. So we had one respondent who is really just using IT for basic office support, um, about 60% with the basic office support plus category, another um, 27% delivering services using IT, um, and one using IT in innovative ways, and another two that it was not um, applicable. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, and that helps us also, you know, like frame uh, how we're going to talk about these different trends. Um, so what we wanted to do was take uh, 10 to 15 minutes um, on each of these topics. So you see kind of busy slide right now with three uh, columns on office management, cybersecurity and cloud computing. Um, so I feel like in our um, when we were preparing for this webinar, we talked a little bit um, among the panelists about that we've we've kind of reached an inflection point. So uh, our initial impressions um, when we talked about this was that maybe the future is not as unpredictable now as it was a couple of years ago. Um, we're out of the uncertainty phase. We're out of this kind of churn phase of like needing tools to uh, handle rapid change and maybe choosing them very quickly to deploy them. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about office management IT. Um, some of the trends that you see on the slide, for example, we're in remote offices or hybrid offices and that trend is here to stay with the nonprofit sector. Um, we also see a lot of remote outsourced IT. So it used to be that your MSP or service provider had to be local. And we ourselves worked uh, very locally in Washington, D.C. in that area. But uh, with new tools and new ways of deploying equipment and uh, software, it really is possible to have a completely remote IT support um, working from home changed things. Uh, we think that the user experience has become key and tools that do not have a good user experience are not going to be successful. People are moving away from them. Change management is definitely needed um, pretty much at all levels, whether you have implemented something that isn't working or if you're about to make a new tool. Um, so again, when we think about going back to um, quick decisions that we made in 2020, maybe now you need to look back and kind of reapply some change management principles to those um, tools and maybe the training for your staff and communication particularly. And I think Johan's going to talk a little bit more about IT governance. So having made some of these decisions quickly, um, now is the time to be more intentional about making sure your policies match the way your users and your office are using the technology now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as we were thinking about trends, what we're seeing uh, with the organizations that we support and what we actually are, to be honest, like seeing with ourselves as a business is, um, you know, a shift that we're kind of in the, I, I 
hate to say it, but I feel like we're in the post-pandemic stage now. I know Matt and I were, were talking once and he's like, yeah, he, he's got some good epidemiologist friends and they were telling him the pandemic's over when everyone decides it's over. Like there's no sort of epidemiological definition of the end of a pandemic. It's sort of like we all kind of decide, okay, we're getting back to normal life. Um, and what I mean by that and when the impact that, that has on, on the work that we do is that for 2020, 2021, certainly, and for a good part of last year, we were still very much responding to a very fluid, dynamic, and unpredictable world. So when the pandemic began in 2020, um, we all had to make a lot of changes very quickly on how we were um, going to be working, you know, as organizations. Uh, and there was the big shift to working remotely. And then um, it was a lot of uncertainty around how long the that, you know, pandemic would last and how long organizations would need to work remotely. And so a lot of decisions had to get made very quickly. A lot of technology had to get deployed in a pretty rapid timeframe just for organizations to continue surviving, you know, and doing the work that they're going to do. And um, as best we can tell, and certainly it's, it's been the case for us and for a lot of organizations that we work with, there's now a sense that no, I, I kind of feel like I know what 2023 is going to be like in 2024 and 2025 um, for my organization in terms of how we're working. Um, are we going to be fully remote? Are we going to be hybrid? Are we going to be going back to the office? There's a lot more clarity around what that might look like over the next, you know, two to three years. And because of that clarity, there's a greater um, sense that, you know, we can, we can plan ahead a little bit more. And a lot of the um, decisions that were made in kind of a rushed fashion uh, over the last two or three years around technology um, can be replaced with more, more, de more deliberate decision-making um, processes. So that's not an exciting trend in the sense that, you know, it's not as exciting as some of the, you know, uh, crazy technologies that we're seeing um, emerging, you know, recently. But um, I think getting back to a place where technology planning and technology management and decision making is a little more um, considered and done with a little bit longer um, time frame is something that we're strongly recommending and something that we see as as a trend that organizations really need the stability that comes from that longer term planning and more deliberate decision-making process. I see, I see you came off mute, Steve. I was, I didn't <laughs> want to just keep talking if you had, if you wanted to add something there. Um, well, I, I, yeah, obviously we discussed this ahead of time and that, um, that is kind of what we were feeling that is a significant trend and particularly in contrast to how things have felt during the pandemic not that again the, the the line between the pandemic being something that we're living with and something that we look at in the rearview mirror is not going to be a bright line and i'm sure many of us feel like we're still living with it for sure but um yeah we are definitely seeing clients um doing more budgeting and planning um i think it's also interesting that some of the things that the pandemic changed like to say things are getting normal again is true in the sense that we are feeling uh, a sense of normalcy but it's not the same normal that preceded the pandemic um 
it may there may be some things that have returned. I know that some of our some of our clients, particularly the larger ones, are um, are very interested in having people be back in the office. Maybe not, maybe full time like they were before the pandemic, but but at least part time. But frankly, some of our smaller smaller clients um, that have found that they can that found during the pandemic that they could do their do their service to accomplish their missions without being in the office, it's very freeing to, to work remotely. Um, employees certainly appreciate not having to, to do a daily commute. Um, but also, you know, there's an opportunity to save on, on office costs um, and some of the things that maintaining an office requires both in terms of IT and, and in terms of not, not just IT. Uh, so it's not like we've gone back to the way things were before the pandemic. Some things have, have changed forever. Uh, another thing that comes to mind is the use of virtual meeting tools, uh, whether that's Zoom or Microsoft Teams or or what have you. Uh, you know, all those funny, uh, you know, videos that were that were trending in in early 2020 of of lawyers who couldn't figure out how to make themselves stop looking like sea slugs on their Zoom meeting or whatever, like. Like we've gotten through that, right? Now everybody knows how to run a Zoom meeting. Everyone knows how to, you know, even my my mother-in-law, um, bless her heart, can get on the family Zoom meeting, you know, with and and have her sound work, you know, which wasn't the case um when the when the pandemic started. It's like some of that stuff's just been burned into all of us. Um, so it's it's different. Um, but but at the same time, it doesn't feel like like the floor is constantly being pulled out from under us, which I think it did feel like for for quite a while there. Like it just didn't seem like it would stop. You thought, oh, we'll be back in the office in six months and then something, something, a new wave would hit. And it, you know, and there just wasn't, it didn't feel like you could plan. And now I think we're we're back to that, the to the fact that no, you can and we will. We need to be mature again about this. Yeah, I think the I think the pandemic really accelerated a lot of um, trends that were already underway, like the virtual meeting trend. You know, there was a a saying that the the endpoint is the perimeter, meaning um, all of your your computing, you know, world and your data is now not behind a firewall at your office, but sort of out there in the world, and you have to figure out how to protect all of your data and your information and provide security in sort of a remote and dispersed way. So those trends were already kind of starting to happen, you know, 2015, 2016, but the pandemic really made it so that that is the new normal. And there is no going back to a world with servers and a world with um, firewall. Um, there's no going back to a world where, where nonprofit staff aren't expected to provide some level of their own IT support, which is what happened when people had to work from home. And also were able to kind of define their own um, user experience in many ways. So I think it, in some ways, the pandemic also empowered nonprofit staff um, to take more ownership and control over their, their use of IT and their IT experience. And I think that's something that um, IT departments, if you will, IT teams at nonprofits need to um, be mindful of and take into consideration as they're as they're planning new initiatives, you know, like it's the dynamic between the IT department and the rest of the organization has, has changed because of the sort of intense reliance on, on 
IT and dependence on individuals to support their own IT um, by working at home and over the course of the pandemic. It's gone both ways too. I mean, because that we users had to step up, but also IT departments had to step up. There's a lot more tools available now, or maybe mm-hmm. again, it's to your point, Johan, the tools were available before, but the tools are now in use. We had so many of our clients uh, start using um, those that were using Windows and there's a Mac equivalent, but you know the autopilot Intune and having laptops shipped directly to the end user and and the end user un- unboxes the laptop, turns it on, and like it right away like talks to the cloud, picks up its policies and starts basically installing all the software and everything that's needed. Like those tools existed pre-pandemic, but um, they weren't that important for us to really, I mean, we explored them, we played with them, but it didn't seem like a value to our clients to really push them because everybody went to the office every day. So why not ship the laptop to the office and have, have an IT person unpack it and set it up and give it to the end user. Like that seemed like pretty reasonable way to do things. And it was reasonable when everybody went to the office every day, but the pandemic, um, change that. And so end users needed to be comfortable doing their part, but IT departments also have changed. And, and, and that, that fits in with the second bullet point that we made that, you know, community IT's business has changed. Not that you guys are tuning in to this webinar to hear about our business, but our business has changed in that we really are able to deliver services nationally now. Um, and we, we ourselves turned down business if, if people made inquiries from too far away from from Washington DC where where our home office is and was I guess because we felt like it was important for us to have the ability to put people you know on the onto the keyboards themselves the boots on the ground or whatever the expression is uh for us to deliver good service and and that just wasn't possible even if even for our customers that were in Washington DC because their problems were at home and no they didn't want us showing up at their house anyway because they didn't want us bringing COVID into their house. So we had to do things remotely. And if we're doing things remotely for people in Washington, D.C., we might as well do things remotely for people all over the country. Um, and our staff now are from are all over the country. It's it's amazing how it's changed. And I don't know whether that's, I feel like we've seen that change. We're definitely high. We are definitely taking on clients now that that don't have an office. That's that's becoming much more common. Um, so it's it's changed things. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we learned in the pandemic is what can be done remotely and virtually and what can't be, you know, and I think, for example, teaching, you know, like public public education is something that can't be done remotely. You know, all the studies that have come out over the experience of virtual learning have been pretty conclusive, you know, that um, trying to teach children in a virtual way is does not work very well and they need to be in the building. Um I think on the flip side, what we've learned is that you can actually do IT support and you can deploy IT solutions um, pretty effectively in a, in a remote way. And I think that's something that as organizations look to 2023 and, and the next, you know, three to four years can kind of count on that, you know, like it's this whole remote working. Now it's going to vary certain organizations you know, have to be on, on site, like they have to have offices. And I think one of the trends that we've seen is that larger organizations also tend to um, be moving 
be returning to the office, you know, and returning to hybrid work environments more than smaller organizations. So being able to work remotely is not a one size fits all solution. Um, being able to deliver IT solutions effectively to remote and dispersed staff has been very effective. And I think that's a trend that will continue. Does, has that changed um, like governance needs and maybe policy needs for nonprofit organizations after going through this huge train change, maybe of having more people working more remotely? Um, have you seen that clients need to kind of up their understanding of their policies or change their policies? Well, I think it gets to the um, the fact that we're all moving so quickly to just keep the wheels turning on our organizations and our businesses. We had to move quickly and and not, didn't have time to stop and write a big employee handbook or a big policy document. But I think we're all now like looking at all these new systems and environments that um, employees are working in and realizing we need to like play some catch up with the, the policies. Like the employee handbook maybe hasn't been looked at the IT acceptable use policy maybe hasn't been updated in three or four years. And there was a time where, yeah, you could probably wait three or four years to update your acceptable use policy. But but obviously, like if you haven't updated it in the last six months, it's probably really out of date. And and so it's we're entering an interesting time where the most important things in IT right now are probably the least exciting, <laughs> the least interesting, right? We all want to talk about AI. But, but you probably should be rewriting your IT policies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining Community IT for this podcast, part one. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits. Listen for part two in your podcast feed. Community IT does these free webinars and podcasts for our community, and we love sharing our knowledge and experience. If you have more questions or are having trouble with your IT at your nonprofit, please get in touch with us on our website, www.communityit.com, so we can start a conversation or schedule an assessment. Downloading any of our free resources there will get you signed up for our webinar reminders, and you can attend our next webinar in real time and ask our experts your own questions. If you love podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits.